0: Welcome back to the Deeper Dive podcast. This is the Catechism of the Catholic Church. In one year, today is day one. We begin with the prologue. The life of man to know and love God. God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life. For this reason, at every time and in every place, God draws close to man. He calls man to seek him, to know him, to love him with all his strength. He calls together all men, scattered and divided by sin, into the unity of his family, the church. To accomplish this, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his Son as Redeemer and Savior. In his Son and through him, he invites men to become, in the Holy Spirit, his adopted children and thus heirs of his blessed life. So that this call should respond throughout the world, Christ sent forth the apostles he had chosen, commissioning them to proclaim the gospel. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. Strengthened by this mission, the apostles went forth and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by the signs that attended it. Those who, with God's help, have welcomed Christ's call and freely responded to it are urged on by love of Christ to proclaim the good news everywhere in the world. This treasure, received from the apostles, has been faithfully guarded by their successors. All Christ's faithful are called to hand it on from generation to generation by professing the faith, by living it in fraternal sharing, and by celebrating it in liturgy and prayer. Father Larry.
1: Great. Thanks, Bill. So in these opening paragraphs of the Catechism, um, we have guiding principles for reading the whole work. And the Catechism is our teaching. It's a catechesis. And um, so these these first paragraphs shows us that, you know, the first paragraph is remarkable because it provides a summary of the whole faith. Um, it shows the whole of God's loving plan for our creation, our redemption, and our lifting new life of grace, uh, which is shown in these six very elegant sentences. And it shows from creation to the to Christ how we were called to be back you know, with him in this uh, call. And um, so we see here, let's just kind of look at some of these points. Is that, that as you said in red, that, god infinitely perfect and blessed himself uh freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life and so god draws us to him and the purpose the purpose of of uh catechesis is is really to to know jesus christ and it's also uh his teaching and and also to give it to others and i think this is really the, the the part of this these first couple paragraphs especially the first one is that the whole point of this book is that we should have a deeper relationship with God through Christ. And all teaching, you know, all truth comes from Jesus Christ. And the second, it emphasizes the importance of knowing the truths of our faith. Many people today, I think, you know, are Catholic, but don't really know exactly what the church teaches. And this book, the Catechism, clearly drawing upon the tradition of the church, teaches us everything that's been passed down to us, uh, from the apostles, and thirdly, the aim of the catechism is also uh, the purpose is that we can that we can hand this on to others, so we can't give what we don't know. And so the catechism, this book, as it says in these first in this paragraph, he, he said that the first apostles, um, we know that our faith comes from Jesus to the apostles to us, and that we see very clearly in, in paragraph two. That our faith is apostolic, you know that. What does that mean? That it's been handed to from Jesus to the first apostles all the way to us. And one of the most beautiful teachings we have with about our faith it, it is in, in essence is not changed uh, for over two thousand years. And so we have this beautiful faith that's been handed on to us that God wants us to know through these paragraphs. Section two, handing on
0: the faith catechesis, quite early on. The name catechesis was given to the totality of the church's efforts to make disciples, to help men believe that Jesus is the Son of God, so that believing they might have life in his name, and to educate and instruct them in this life, thus building up the body of Christ. Catechesis is an education in the faith of children, young people, and adults, which includes especially the teaching of Christian doctrine imparted, generally speaking, in an organic and systematic way, with a view of initiating the hearers into the fullness of Christian life. While not being formally identified with them, catechesis is built on a certain number of elements of the church's pastoral mission, which have a catechetical aspect, that prepare for catechesis or spring from it. They are the initial proclamation of the gospel or missionary preaching to arouse faith, examination of the reasons for belief, experience of Christian living, celebration of the sacraments, integration into the ecclesial community, and apostolic and missionary witness. Catechesis is intimately bound up with the whole of the church's life, not only her geographical extension and numerical increase, but even more her inner growth and correspondence with God's plan essentially on catechesis. Periods of renewal in the church are also intense moments of catechesis. In the great era of the fathers of the church, saintly bishops devoted an important part of their ministry to catechesis. St. Cyril of Jerusalem and St. John Chrysostom, St. Ambrose and St. Augustine, and many other fathers, wrote catechetical works that remain models for us. The ministry of catechesis draws ever-fresh energy from the councils. The Council of Trent is a noteworthy example of this. It gave catechesis priority in its constitutions and decrees. It lies at the origin of the Roman catechism, which is also known by the name of that council and which is a work of the first rank as a summary of Christian teaching. The Council of Trent initiated a remarkable organization of the church's catechesis. Thanks to the work of holy bishops and theologians, such as St. Peter Canisius, St. Charles Borromeo, St. Terobius of Mongrovio, or St. Robert Bellarmine, it occasioned the publication of numerous catechisms. It is therefore no surprise that the catechesis in the Church has again attracted attention in the wake of the Second Vatican Council, which Pope Paul VI considered the great catechism of modern times. The General Catechetical Directory of 1971, the sessions of the Synod of Bishops devoted to evangelization, 1974, and Catechesis, 1977, the Apostolic Exhortations, Evangelii, Nuntiandi 1975, and Catechesi Tradende, 1979, attest to this. The, extra, the extraordinary Synod of Bishops in 1985 asked that a catechism or compendium of all Catholic doctrine regarding both faith and morals be composed. The Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, made the Synod's wish his own, acknowledging that this desire wholly corresponds to a real need of the universal church and of the particular churches. He set in motion everything needed to carry out the synod fathers' wish. Once again, Father Larry.
1: Sure. So, in these paragraphs, from paragraphs four to ten in the prologue, in the beginning of the of the catechism, uh, this section reminds us is that the the importance of catechesis in the building of the church. And that uh, this catechism and the teaching is essential for the healthy growth of the church. Um, And so we see here that even from the beginnings of the church, it says quite early on, the name catechesis was given to the totality of the church's effort to make disciples, right? And once again, is the purpose of this catechism and our faith is to uh, draw people to Jesus Christ and to know his holy truths. And it goes on once again, that this is needed at all stages of life. And it starts with young, young people, you know, parents have to teach their children the ways of faith that parents are their, their first catechism, cate, catechist of their children. But also this is where CCD comes from. We, why do, why do uh, kids or, well, actually we don't send anybody right now. It's all remote, but <laughs> why do we send people to uh, CCD or these things so that they have the proper understanding of the principles of the faith so they can live it. Right. And, uh, but also it's necessary for adults, especially those that are coming into the faith. Maybe they come from different faiths and they don't know Jesus. If they want to join the Catholic church, they have to be catechized. They need to be taught. Uh, what did Jesus really say? What does the Bible mean? What, are the, what is the interpretation of the Bible that's applicable to their lives? How does this change my life? How, why, how did Jesus save me? And so this is sort of a systematic way of teaching you know from cover to cover what is the teachings of the catholic church um, and so the other thing too is it makes this point about the in, in paragraph eight is that periods of renewal in the church are also intense moments of catechesis now i think one of the reasons that we're doing this uh, podcast and this uh, catechism in the year because right now let's be honest we are in a, in a in a moment of intense renewal in the catholic church our church is really in a bad state of affairs where there's a lot of misunderstanding a lot of division and division comes when people don't stay faithful to the faith when you make up your own faith or make up your own way of believing well that always that always leads to division and so you know, and and during throughout throughout the church's history it goes on to say that certain saints were instrumental in bringing union to people by saying no this is what the church teaches. This is what Jesus proclaimed to us. This is what the apostles taught us. This is the this is the unerring faith that's been handed down from uh, to us from the apostles, and it talks about St. Cyril of Jerusalem, one of the first uh, bishops, and St. John Chrysostom, who was one of the greatest preachers of all time, uh, who fought against many heresies, which we'll talk about what that is in future catechesis. St. Ambrose, St. Augustine, these are all great saints that, during times of great confusion, uh, we're able to teach people what did Jesus really say? How are we supposed to live? And we we and a lot of this catechism has quotes from all these saints. You'll notice that there are a lot of cross references and a lot of uh, sort of. You look at the the small print. Many times, these are going to be quotes from the church fathers, which are early saints that were explaining to the early Christians what. What is, what is right and wrong? What is the truth of the Bible? And so, and then it makes, it makes uh, a point in paragraph nine about, uh, the council of Trent. Now remember during the council of Trent, that was a response to the, uh, to Martin Luther and to the reformation when there was a big uh, split in the church where Martin Luther kind of went his own way and started his own church. And so, the church, the real church, the Catholic church, got together and said, look, we have to come up with a systematic way of telling people or teaching people the faith so they're not confused. And so it makes this point here in paragraph nine. It, it says the Council of Trent initiated a remarkable organization of the church's catechesis. And so one of the, you know, we've, there have been many catechisms throughout church history. The, the one from the Council of Trenton is probably the, it was one of the best and, um, but and a lot of the teachings that are in this new catechism, the newest that came from John Paul II in the 1980s, uh, much, much of the teachings come from the, from the catechism of the council of Trent. So remember, there's this organic, uh, growth of the catechism that it gets better and better and better. And it's not like we throw away all teachings. We just, we use them and we reference these points. Okay. So you'll notice uh, sometimes when you're reading throughout the catechism, it will make reference to the teachings that were made in the Council of Trent. One in particular, all right? I was talking to a couple yesterday about the Eucharist and uh, I was explaining to the woman who's com- you know, coming back to her faith and I, uh, uh, we were talking about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and I asked her, do you know what the word transubstantiation means? And she didn't know. And I mean, folks, if you don't know what that is, that is, that's the word that we use. To describe what happens during mass when the priest prays over the bread and changes it into the body and blood of Christ, the word that came from the Council of Trent is transubstantiation, which essentially means is that the body uh, that the bread is totally the substance of bread and wine is totally transformed into the body and blood of Christ. Now we've always believed that, but because there was confusion over the Eucharist uh, uh, during this period, that the Council of Trent had to come up with a word. To properly teach what we've always believed, and that's what catechesis does. All right. So, and he also makes reference to these great saints and holy bishops and theologians, such as Saint Peter Canisius, Saint Charles Borromeo, uh, Saint Robert Bellarmine. Many of uh, what we believe about the last things and, and such like that come from there. And finally, um, we just we see here that uh, the last point is that we see that this uh, catechism came to us from John Paul II. So that's the first section. Uh, Tomorrow we'll talk about the aim and the intended readership of this catechism.